Salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It's time for another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. Good to have you here for another great episode. We got, of course, more college football preview that we're going to get right into. Also, again, we're talking about, this is going to be a little bit different on the shibbles and bits where we're going to do an issue that's come up because, again, of some of the recent tragedies that have happened out in El Paso and in Dayton. So we're going to talk about that and how it ties in to esports and different things like that. We're going to talk about that as well, of course, as SummerSlam is just around the corner. So we're going to talk all about all of that. But again, of course, my name is Michael Shibley, your glorious host, the ace of Tennessee sports podcasting. You are listening to, again, Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. And of course, you can check out all the great shows we've got at outlandermedia.net, DLC Respawn, Haffle, Deadbeat Radio, Scared Stupid, all these other great just shows that we've got lined up for you. They're amazing. You can check them all out. Again, you go to outlandermedia.net. We've got all the nice uh, media player there for you. And of course, you can also check out us wherever you get your fine podcasts. Apple uh, Podcasts. Of course, you've got Google Play and you've got Spotify. They're all there. And wherever you listen, please, as always, like, subscribe, share, comment. Let us know. Give us those five-star reviews. That just goes a long way in helping us expand and get bigger and badder as we try to take over the podcasting universe. It's going to be amazing. You guys get in here on the ground floor and stay along for the ride. It's going to be incredible. And of course, you can interact with me, Michael Shibley, at Michael underscore Shibley on the Twitter. And of course, at Modern Day Gladiators on Facebook and Instagram. I post updates, post pictures, all those different cool things, different sports news there as well. So make sure to check all of that. Give it a like, subscribe, and everything. It's all right there. It's easy. If you're up on social media and everything, you know how to do it. You're an adult. You can figure it out. So check us out there. But let's dive right in to, of course, as we continue to look at the upcoming college football season, conference by conference. We looked at the ACC last week and of course showed that again it looks like Clemson is going to have a pretty easy time getting there but now we're moving over to the Big 12 which again you look at the data and you see there's a lot of questions that we got to answer and even though it shows that Oklahoma is the favorite to repeat for the fifth time as Big 12 champion there of course are plenty of questions that go along with all the teams involved in the Big 12 even though they're 10 teams, which is confusing to everybody. But we all understand. If we followed college football long enough, you know what I'm talking about. But again, a lot of questions. Again, like, is Oklahoma going to be able to reign supreme for this fifth straight year with Jalen Hurts at quarterback? He is coming in, and he's replacing two Heisman winners in a row in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, also both overall number one picks. Other questions, is Texas really back with Sam Ellinger at quarterback? They did beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, and Sam Ellinger went and, of course, said, we're back, (laughs) which, again, you better back that comment up or else you're going to look really stupid if you don't. And, of course, will anybody play defense in the Big 12? The highest-ranked team in total defense out of the 130 teams in Division I college football. TCU is 24th, Iowa State 33, 
The next closest one was Texas at 67. That's the total defense ranking. If you take all the rankings of total defense in the Big 12, they averaged out to 77th place. Not good, including Oklahoma, who had one of the worst defenses. And they still, somehow, with the great offense that they had, were able to make it back into the college football playoff. Of course, that ended very quickly at the hands of Alabama in the first round of the playoffs. But let's look at some of the teams that are contending. We've talked about a lot of them already here in the Big 12. The stats on ESPN are showing that they've got about Oklahoma on the football power index has about a 65% chance of winning the conference. I wouldn't give them that much because yes, they are getting Jalen Hurts at quarterback. He is, again, remember, he's 26-2 and as a starter with Alabama. He got them almost to the promised land a couple of times, but again, Tua Tagovailoa has stepped in and, of course, taken over. Jalen Hurts did step in for an injured Tua. Remember, in that SEC championship game against Georgia this past season and was able to lead the Crimson Tide to victory. So remember, he does know how to play. Winning is something, again, it can get contagious. Jalen Hurts knows how to win as a college football quarterback. But again, is he going to be as dynamic as Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray have been? Not as much, but we'll see. He knows how to win, which is a big thing. And again, one of the other things... Again, being that starter at Alabama, he's not going to have the same offensive line it looks like, though, especially one that protected uh, Kyler Murray because 80% of that offensive line from last year's squad, they're in the NFL right now. Defense, as I mentioned, was 114th uh, in total defense, 129th in passing defense. There's only one team worse than them in passing defense. They do have eight starters coming back, but when you're that bad, we'll see where the room for improvement is going to to lie. They did bring in Alex Grinch. He's the new defensive coordinator. He was uh, the defensive coordinator uh, with Washington State. Did get them to 42nd. The fact that they finally got uh, Washington State, a Mike Leach coach team, to play some defense, that was incredible with them at 42nd. And again, that's way better than 114th. They were plus eight in turnovers. That's a big thing when you focus on getting turnovers. Again, there's a lot of risk and reward with that. But hey, if you're able to turn them over, and plus eight is great. Anytime you're positive like that, they're going to win some football games. So that's something to keep in mind. Oklahoma, still the odds on favorite with the talent that they still have loaded on both sides of the ball. Again, the talent's there, but can you get that defense to gel and be able to actually stop some people? Of course, the Red River rivalry game with Texas will loom large, as always. And speaking of Texas, they did win 10 games for the first time in a decade. Sam Ellinger, yes, he... Talked about being back, which was great for Texas, but he's able to back it up so much. He does run uh, an experienced and deep offense, which is going to be amazing to see what they can do with that. Texas is going to have some firepower, which they have not had in this capacity in such a long time. So that's going to be very exciting for the Longhorns. But one thing you do have to keep in mind, only three starters return on defense. So that is something. And again, they were 67th already in total defense, which was third in the Big 12. But are they going to get those playmakers back that are going to be able to rush the passer 
And are they going to have guys deep in that secondary that are going to be able to do some stuff? Because, again, you know, if you've watched enough Big 12 offense to know, those guys know how to throw the ball and run with it and just go crazy on offense. And you got to have good, of course, line play, but you got to have great stuff on the back end. So that's something to consider. And one of the other things, when you talk about Texas being back on a national stage, they could be back in terms of competing for Big 12 championships because, again, they beat Oklahoma in the regular season in Dallas, but then they lost to him in the Big 12 championship game with most likely a shot at whoever's going to get into the playoffs on the line, and Oklahoma was able to get it done there. But you talk about being back on a full national basis. Yes, they did beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, but again, you don't have any championship implication on that. Something big happening September 7th, second game of the season, LSU comes to Austin. That great defense that LSU is going to have is going to be there in Darrell K. Royal Stadium. And and again, and LSU is not going to be intimidated by the crowd in Texas. They play in the SEC, so there's not going to be any issue. They have their own perfect home field advantage there in Death Valley in Baton Rouge. So again, that game looms large. If Texas really wants to be back, they're going to have to win that game. When you've got a big, powerful school like LSU coming into your place, you need to win that game if you're going to be back. One of the outliers that I see, and one of the other big surprises that we've got in the Big 12, if you've looked at what's happened, Iowa State is the team. You look at I'm actually picking Iowa State to go with against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. I think Texas is going to run into some things. I don't think the defense is going to be able to keep up with the offense. So Iowa State, I've got them coming in second in the Big 12 and facing Oklahoma in that championship game. Matt Campbell, the head coach there, has established a winning culture, which is just great when you look at the ups and downs that Iowa State has had over the years. There is optimism in Ames, which is great to see. They've got a quarterback in Brock Purdy who can dual threat. He's just a great playmaker. He had a 66.4 completion percentage last season. So you've got guys there that have a winning mentality. They are ready to go. But again, you've got to win the games when it matters, especially early in the season. If you want to be on the national scale, not just in the conference, but on the national scale, you got to win these non-conference games. And Matt Campbell, while he's done some great things at Iowa State, he still hasn't won that Cyhawk trophy. He's 0-3 against Iowa And also, Iowa State has lost five straight to the Hawkeyes. So again, that's something to keep in mind. And yes, Purdy is a great quarterback, but they did lose David Montgomery, their running back, and wide receiver Hakeem Butler to the NFL. So you do lose some of those playmakers. Are they going to be able to retool and get some guys in who are going to be able to make some great plays? They're going to have some help because both the offense and defensive lines at Iowa State They are strong, they are experienced, they are veteran, they are good. So when you've got great line play like that, as I've said many times, you give me a great offensive line and a great defensive line, I can win with that all day long, no matter what. So you give Tennessee would be lucky to have the offensive line that Iowa State's going to have this season, at least on paper as we go into the season. So I'm looking for that. Of course, the big thing for Iowa State, if they can get past the Hawkeyes early in the season, 
The big test is going to come in a two-week span in mid-November. November 9th, they've got to go to Norman to play the Oklahoma Sooners, and then next week, Texas comes calling to Ames, Iowa. So again, you're dealing with probably the other top two teams in the Big 12 in back-to-back weeks in November. They remember what you do in November. So Iowa State could make a huge splash if they are able to get win at least one of those games. If they win both, they're probably playing for the Big 12 championship. Other teams with an outside chance, when you look at the Big 12, you look at Baylor. Matt Rule has rebuilt after the disaster of everything that happened at Baylor. They've got 16 starters returning. Uh, They're going to have to get the better quarterback play, and just, again, they're going to have to be, again, they they were 1-11 two years ago, 7-6, so we'll see if they can make that next step and be a consistently winning program. Oklahoma State, they haven't been consistent as seasons past, especially on offense. They've had shaky QB play, which has been odd for them when you look at everything. And again, I'm not going to count out Mike Gundy. He has established a great culture there at Oklahoma State. We'll see how it evolves because again, they had a 7 and 6 season. It's a winning it's a winning season but not up to what Oklahoma State wants anymore and especially when you dial in the way they blew out people and then they got blown out. That's how their season went. So it was very up and down. TCU a, anytime Gary Patterson's got a team, you know they're going to play good defense. And again, they're probably going to have the best defense in the Big 12. So always consider that. And when you play good defense, you're always going to be in games. However, th- again, it's this is a season where you don't have the great quarterbacks as much, especially farther down the Big 12. You've got great quarterbacks at the top. You've got Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. You've got Sam Ellinger at Texas. And you've got Brock Purdy at Iowa State, but farther down the line, you're not getting the consistency at quarterback as you get sometimes in a league like the Big 12 has had, where they've just got great talent at the quarterback position up and down, no matter how terrible your team is, the quarterback has always been good. So we'll see what happens with TCU. You look at some of the other teams, Kansas is definitely going to be more interesting. Les Miles is back in the Big 12. He coached at Oklahoma State. Of course, he moved and won great things at LSU. But now he's back in the Big 12. Kansas made the hire. We'll see what happens with a hat Les Miles there. And again, Kansas, they're, it's going to take some time to rebuild that team into a success. But at least Kansas will probably be a little bit more interesting with Les Miles roaming the sidelines there. But again, my final pick, I've got Iowa State and Oklahoma meeting in the Big 12 championship game, but I'm going with Oklahoma to get the win and win the title. I don't right now see them in the playoff. They're right on there. We'll, of course, have my final playoff and national championship picks right before the season starts, but Oklahoma's maybe there, maybe not. We'll have that fine finality uh, in a couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that here on Modern Day Gladiators. But again, talking about Les Miles and making things interesting, one of the ways you can, good segue there, maybe, I don't know, but we talk about making things interesting in the world of coffee, and that's Otherworldly Coffee. They have done some great things. They've got some great products that you've got to check out. If you're someone who's into science fiction and things out of this world, they've got some great coffee. They've got the Bigfoot blend. They've got the Dogman blend. They've got the Mothman blend and the Thunderbird blend. These are all medium or dark roasted coffees, and they're all roasted by the Temecula Coffee Roasters out in Temecula, California. It's, It's 
just amazing what they've been able to do, and they're good friends of us here in the Modern Day Gladiators, and also, of course, the Outlander Media Network. If you go to otherworldlycoffee.com, buy any of their products, if you use the code OUTLANDER, O-U-T-L-A-N-D-E-R, at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your order. So check that out and just help them out. It's an amazing brand. We love having them here as part of the Outlander Media family. And, of course, one who's been with us for a while now, we're loving having them here, and that's Joe Shirt. They are local here in Knoxville, JoeShirt.com. They can help you. They've got some great templates. They've got great people that can help you out and create a shirt or banner, mug, whatever type of product you're interested in helping expand your brand, Joe Shirt can help you with that. Again, you go to JoeShirt.com. The guys there have been at this for over 30 years. They're here in Knoxville, Tennessee. They're a great company. We love having them. Check out their shirts too. They're really good quality shirts as well. They're 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 going to feel good. They're not just your average, hey, here's a free t-shirt that you get at the baseball game or at a company thing. These are just great shirts that you're going to want to keep wearing and be part of your just everyday wardrobe. We talk about it. And we're going to have some great merchandise coming from Joe Shirt very soon. So stick around with Outlander Media and just see what we've got coming up. Coming up, we are going to talk about violence in video games and how that pertains to the world of esports and how that pertains to what has happened with the tragedies that happened in El Paso and Dayton over the week. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to do a deeper dive on shibbles and bits, but that's coming up right after the break here on Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. Welcome back, everybody, here to Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. Michael Shibley with you here. And today for Shibbles and Bits, we're going to do something a little different. Usually, of course, we take a look at some of the other random things and other uh, stories making news in the world of sports. But I wanted to take this time to take a little bit deeper dive into one subject. I've got another subject at the end that'll make everybody feel a little bit better about life uh, going forward. But... I did want to talk about this because, again, it's something that comes up, and again, it does pertain to sports in the way we look at a lot of things, especially going forward with the rise of esports, as esports has become a billion dollar industry in competitive video games. You look at scholarships are now being offered at colleges for college esports teams. You've got all these guys on Twitch and Mixer and YouTube and got all these different advertisements and all these things. People watch Ninja play Fortnite for hours on end as he makes millions of dollars just playing video games. You look at, again, I talked about it last week, the kid, the 16-year-old kid who won the Fortnite World Cup, won $3 million for doing that. And everybody who was at least in the finals got at least $50,000. So you look at, there's so much money on the line when it comes to video games. But one of the things that always comes up when you have these terrorist acts, which is what they are, these mass shootings, they're terrorist acts when you look at it, is one of the tropes that a lot of the people, especially on the conservative side of the political spectrum, look at 
and they have been saying it for a long time, is that video games are part of the issue. They are what are causing these some of these shootings and leading to uh, the mindset of what's going on with these shooters. And I'm here to tell you, and I've got data, and we'll get into that to back me up, that guess what? Video games are not what are causing the issues going forward with this. It has nothing to do with video games. It's just amazing that, again, you get these people. It's been going on since Columbine, which happened 20 years ago, because the, the, the two shooters at Columbine, you know, they listened to Marilyn Manson and they played Doom, one of the great first-person shooters of that era, and that's what caused them to go on that shooting spree and kill their classmates and teachers. That's that's not what happened with that. You look at, and again, I've got data to back us up, and we'll get into it in just a second, but you look at what certain people said where they say, you know, a video game industry that teaches young people to kill, and it's, you know, you, it's all these different things, and again, uh, President Trump talked about it, even in his address to the nation on Monday, where he said, you know, we need to look at mental illness and violent video games. I'm going to say this right here. Plenty of other, cut every country in the world has the same problems and percentages with mental illness that we do here in America. And then you also look at this country, and just as many people around the world play the same type of video games as we do here in America, and yet none of these other countries are having mass shootings like we have here in America. It's not the video games problem. You look at some of the the data. Again, 66% of the United States population played video games in 2018. 66%. And does that include cell phone games like Candy Crush and Words with Friends? Yes, those are still games, and people are still playing them at a large base. More and more people are playing them, and again, they're playing Fortnite at record pace. Your nephew is playing Fortnite all day long. You look again at big you know, games like League of Legends and Dota 2 that are selling out arenas. ABC is broadcasting esports on there. They, you know, they they've got Overwatch League that's broadcasted on ABC Sports. That's national television. And these things are broadcast live. So again, you look at all of this. You look at again the data. You look at Japan, a nation which again, 60% of the population plays video games and they see almost no gun violence at all thanks to strict gun control laws. The nation's overall murder rate in Japan 0.3 killings per 100,000 people. Meanwhile, in the U.S., it's 5.3 murders per 100,000 people. So, again, people are so quick to just find other things to blame that they don't want to talk about issues when it comes to guns and the violence that, that ensues with that. Look, I'm just going to use myself as an example. I am 36 years old. I also, full disclosure, uh, we own guns in my house. We have uh, pistols, 
in our house. We, uh, my wife and I both have our carry permits as well. So we have done training. We have used these guns. We have fired them. We know the ins and outs of them. We also keep the ammo and the guns separate. We do all the precautions that you're supposed to do. So we are very proud to be responsible gun owners. Again, that is something to consider. So I know what I'm talking about when I do this. But also, 36 years old, I've been playing Mortal Kombat games since I was nine. Now, my parents, for the most part, actually all the part didn't allow Mortal Kombat in the house we had a Super Nintendo all that I was not playing it but was I going over to arcades or friends houses and playing it of course I was I'm a kid I'm gonna bend the rules and all that as no fault of my parents but again my parents did also help of course instill that hey you know this isn't real life you know, you, in Mortal Kombat, you don't, you know, you can't freeze somebody and punch them and then they fall apart into pieces, or you can't grab and rip somebody's heart out in real life. And again, I've been playing all these games. You've been playing Call of Duty, Halo, Grand Theft Auto, etc. Been playing all of these games, and so many of my friends have done the same thing. And they're not making all of us go crazy and want to shoot up. A bunch of people. It doesn't teach us how to kill. For the most part, a lot of studies have shown it's a release for a lot of people who say are mad at their job or mad at their boss. Something along the lines is making them mad. It is good to just say in Grand Theft Auto, get in a car, drive around, find a group of people, and just start shooting them. It's just the way it goes sometimes. And again, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to have that in your life is a still a free country and you should be allowed to do whatever you want when it comes to how you vent your anger in these ways again grand theft auto because we always they always use the the violence in it with the guns and the the killings and all, all of that but again grand theft auto also doesn't make you an unlawful driver have you ever sat around does anybody ever sit around normally and play Grand Theft Auto as a perfectly lawful driver stopping at all the red lights and signaling and all that? No, you haven't. There have been streams of people who have done that. It's really interesting to watch because it's so against the code of the game, but it's still something, again, that you don't do. It doesn't teach me. I don't go play Mario Kart and want to just cut people off and power slide in my car it doesn't make me a completely different driver it's always interesting too when you look especially on the conservative side how they're so quick to want to ban violent video games and the guns in violent video games but they're not wanting to have any kind of conversation about certain gun control measures that we have in this country so it's a really interesting hypocrisy from that perspective for me when it comes to that, where, again, they want to get rid of it there, but they don't want to get rid of it in real life, where it can actually kill somebody. So, again, it's something that we have to look at and talk about in a productive way. And if you want to come and debate me on any of this on Modern Day Gladiators, again, check us out on the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook group. Come at me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. It's there, and I will go toe-to-toe with you all day long, and I will be happy to have that discussion because, again, we want to have a marketplace of ideas and freedom of thought in a group. When we get into these little niches where we all think the same, that's where stuff like this can happen, and bad things like these shootings and terrorist acts 
can happen when everybody thinks the same and you don't have anybody that stands up and says, that's probably a bad idea to do something like that. So, again, it's something that we need to look at. And, of course, as we always talk about on this show, when we come up with things, hey, Michael, what would you do to solution? Because, again, we want to provide solutions. We can't just talk about what happens and complain about it, the problem, without offering our own solutions. When it comes to video games, this is a freedom of speech issue. They have tried to ban it many, many times. Even Justice Antonin Scalia, who is one of the most conservative and just absolute literal uh, constitutional judges we've ever had on the Supreme Court, said back in a much older court case, comparing violence in video games is just like comparing it to the violence in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's a, it's a First Amendment issue. And again, as they always talk about, because you talk about a lot of conservatives and they say, well, w- when they talk about bringing down, say, Confederate statues or, or talking about political correctness and the slippery slope. It's the same type of slippery slope that you talk about where if you ban guns in violent video games, what type of guns do you ban? What, again, is do you talk about when it's violence in a video game, what is allowed and what's not? Because Fortnite is a game that your, you know, 10-year-old nephew plays. There's gunplay in that. Now, there's not the blood and complete violence that there is, saying Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption or Call of Duty, but it's still shooting someone with a gun is what happens in, again, a lot of these racing games where you're crashing into people and causing damage that way. Is Mario Kart where you're throwing turtle shells at people. Mario is stomping on Goomba's heads. Is that, that's, I mean, he's killing that Goomba. Is that violent? That's, again, that slippery slope of what's acceptable and what's not. And again, I am a First Amendment absolutist when it comes to so many things where I am for so much of it To me, it is always going to be you have to have, again, parents and people in charge, parents, guardians, however that kids are brought up and raised. The parents have to be active in showing their kids the proper context and talking to them. There's a rating system on these games for a reason. Again, my parents did a great job of providing the right video games. Did I sneak away and play Mortal Kombat? Of course I did. But... In our house, that was not there. But again, I had parents to teach me right from wrong and be there when you have questions or say, hey, this is why we don't allow stuff like this in the house at this point. And I might not have liked it as a kid, but that's where it went from there. And again, when you talk about guns, and again, we're offering this because again, there is sports shooting that's involved in a lot of this. The AR-15 and other guns of its ilk have been lobbied for so long by the NRA and the National Shooting Sports Foundation as sporting rifles. These are guns that, again, when you look at what the bullet does to the flesh or or even to an animal, that's what, that's not hunting for sport. That is just to kill something. It's it's not doing well with all that. To me, and again, you can debate me with this all day long, but I don't believe that an AR-15 is not a sporting rifle. I don't believe that. And yes, of course, you can, it's not an, they will argue it's not an assault weapon because you have to pull the trigger. And yes, bump stocks were banned, which again is, to me, just putting Band-Aid on an open wound when you talk about bump stocks. Because guess what? I've seen plenty of videos where you can get the same effect of a bump stock with just a rubber band wrapped around the trigger the right way. So you don't need a bump stock to make it go fully automatic like that. 
But again, if I'm in charge and I had to do certain things, I would expand, again, budget for the FBI to go and look and check social media posts and be more active there. Also, with firearms, I'm going to do more an extensive background check. I want, you know, uh, statements from friends or, uh, you know, a... um, a psychiatric exam to show again there there should be more steps it again it is not taking guns away this to me is also for new purchases we're not talking about all of your guns we're not going to come the, the government's not going to come my, with, with with what i've got you know we're not going to go and go to your grandfather's house where he's got his 10 different firearms we're not going to take them away and hit the reset button if you want to have buybacks on certain guns that aren't going to be purchased anymore great we can do things like that but for all future new gun purchases or gun transfers or bought in in all these different loopholes that you have for purchasing them i'm going to do a a, a universal background checks they've got to be the same uh, countrywide you've got to have again psychiatric exams you dive into this more that is not restricting the ability to buy firearms it's just taking extra steps to make sure that everything goes okay with the purchase of the firearm and again this is my opinion you want to debate me on it again hit me up on twitter michael underscore shibley i will be happy to talk with you about this and have a good debate because again that's how things get resolved you compromise you talk it out you have a good back and forth debate about ideas that's how these things evolve you don't just have people yelling at each other that are never going to change anybody else's minds and again That's what I have to say about it. I would love to hear from you guys, my beautiful audience of Modern Day Gladiators. Another bit of shibbles and bits that'll make us all feel a little bit better after what I've been talking about. Let's talk about a dream getting fulfilled in your big league baseball career. Nathan Patterson, he is living his baseball dream. He just signed um, with the Oakland A's rookie team in the Arizona League. He's a little bit older. He's 23 years old. But the reason he's gotten now a contract with the Oakland A's is a viral video came out first of him throwing uh, in one of those. They have these in a lot of even minor league ballparks now where it's essentially you throw the gun at the at the at the catcher target. It's a radar gun. It's a radar gun game and it shows, hey, who can throw the ball the fastest? And if you hit a certain mark, you get a prize. And you can see who's got the fastest mark that day or that season. It's just fun to see how fast a little kid can actually throw a ball. This guy, uh, last uh, last year, there was a video of him hitting the 90s at a Nashville Sounds game. And then he did it months later it, uh, this season at a Colorado Rockies game. He was throwing in the mid-90s, which was incredible to see. So the Oakland A's had been following him around. Uh, they saw his training. In January, he had a wrist injury, but then he played in this men's league to keep up his skills and everything, and the A's just decided this past week to sign him again to a rookie team deal to see, hey, why not take a shot at a kid like this? Billy Bean, of course, the master of Moneyball. Why not give it a shot with a kid like this? You can get a guy he can throw in the 90s. Not everybody can do that, so see if you can maybe do something with him and develop it and see maybe he can make the major league roster. That would just be an amazing dream come true and something just out of the ordinary, which would be amazing to see. That's going to wrap up shibbles and bits. Thank you guys as always for tuning in and listening to me as we do something a little bit different this week here on Modern Day Gladiators. But of course, we're going to end with everything happening in the squared circle. It's big on the WWE this week as it is on the road to SummerSlam. 
We've got great matches up and down the card. Of course, it all starts the night before. NXT TakeOver Toronto is happening. we got some great matches, as always, on that card. They're always just great to see. Candice LeRae is taking on Io Shirai in just a, a, a grudge match as Io Shirai has turned heel and does not need anybody's help and going after Candice LeRae. I'm going to go with Shirai in that one in getting the win. So I'm going to go with Shirai getting the win in that one. Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim for the NXT Women's Championship. Shayna Baszler honestly has done all that she really can accomplish, I think, at NXT. She's, I think, 38 years old. I think if they're going to call her up, now's the time to do it. So I'm going to go with the upset in Mia Yim getting the win. And then Shayna Baszler is going to get the call up uh, to go to the main roster on the WWE Velveteen Dream versus Pete Dunne for the NXT North American Championship. I'm going with another upset. Pete Dunne, of course, who has been amazing with the United Kingdom Championship. I'm going to go with him getting the North American Championship, beating the Velveteen Dream, because I also think Velveteen Dream is going to get the call to the main roster. The Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships. I'm going to go with the Undisputed Era. We're going to have a lot of titles, I think, changing hands at this one. Because, again, the Street Profits, they're already on the main roster. They haven't fought anybody yet, but they're up there. So I've got the Undisputed Era of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish getting the win there. And then, of course, you've got the NXT title on the line, Johnny Gargano, going up against Adam Cole, baby, for the NXT Championship. These guys have had two just fantastic matches, the last two NXT takeovers. And again, they're going to have a good one. This one is what they used to call back in the old WWE 2K games. It's the, the three stages of hell where each guy gets to pick a stipulation. It's two out of three falls for the NXT Championship. Uh, Adam Cole just said it's a straight-up wrestling match, and then Johnny Gargano wants his fall to be a street fight. William Regal has yet to make that third pick for the third fall. We'll see what happens there. I think it's going to end up being a cage match, just like Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin had back. It was the lead-up to WrestleMania that year. That was a great match. Check that one out if you get a chance, but I'm going to go with Adam Cole, baby, to retain there. Now, when you look at what happens on the main card for SummerSlam, you got nine matches right now. There could be some added. Of course, we're going to talk all about that on the next Modern Day Gladiators. Actually, a bit of a programming note. I've got a business trip coming up next week, so we're going to do again, just like I did last week, where we're going to do a little bit different with the episode. It's going to be pre-taped, and I'm going to be taping it before SummerSlam ends, so I'll just have that released. But of course, if you stay tuned to my social media, I will be all over SummerSlam and talking all about it there, and you'll get my reaction there. But let's run down the card real quick and get my winners. Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. I've got Charlotte Flair getting the wind over the legend Trish Stratus. Goldberg returned in a surprise against Dolph Ziggler. I've got Goldberg just avenging just the terrible performance he had in Saudi Arabia. I've got Goldberg over Dolph Ziggler. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Bray has made a huge impact with his Fiend character. I've got Bray Wyatt destroying Finn Balor. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. It's a match that says if Kevin Owens loses, he has to leave the WWE. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens getting the win there. Shane McMahon is going to try and cheat his way out of it. I've still got Kevin Owens getting the win. AJ Styles versus Ricochet for the United States Championship. That should just be an awesome match, a lot of athleticism. If they give it enough time, it's going to be amazing. I've got AJ Styles retaining there. 
Bailey versus Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I've got Bailey retaining in that one. Becky Lynch versus Natalia in a submission match for the Raw Women's Championship. I've got Becky retaining. We've just got to have Becky Lynch again. They had her so high up in the lead up to WrestleMania and after WrestleMania, but it has just gone downhill from there. Becky Lynch has just got to keep looking strong. I've got her retaining there. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. I've still got Kofi with that belt. Uh, you know, it hasn't been a big, big run, but again, I still think Kofi Kingston is going to get the win and retain over the legend Randy Orton. And then Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins in your main event for the WWE Universal Championship. As much as I would like the belt to be off Brock, Seth Rollins, I just don't like where it seems like his character is. It has not been a really good run on top this time for Seth Rollins. And Brock Lesnar's just gone out the last two Raws and just beaten the snot out of Seth Rollins. He's, Seth Rollins has looked like a chump. And if he comes back and finds a way to win, it'd be great. But it just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. I've got Brock Lesnar retaining his title and moving on to... He'll probably defend it at Survivor Series. And they're probably going to end up... And I hope this isn't the case, but it looks like it might end up with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns again at WrestleMania. I hope to heck that's not going to happen, but we'll see. That's just long-term thinking on my part. We'll see what ends up happening there. But I do have Brock Lesnar retaining over Seth Rollins. That's my picks for SummerSlam and NXT. I want to know what you think. Hit me up again. Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. Anything you want to debate with me on this podcast. I'm happy to talk with you there. Again, I love you guys. Give us those five-star reviews wherever you listen to this podcast. We sure would appreciate it and love you forever. Until next time, I've been Michael Shibley. This has been Modern Day Gladiators. Too sweet. Love you. See you next time.